they really started in the late 90s when I was in promotions. Um, I remember going out to Los Angeles for one of the meetings out there with the NBC promotion people. And they were and they were really big at this time. This is about 20, 23, 24 years ago. And they were really big on branding. You had to brand everything. Your station had to be branded. And and it, it sort of clicked with me at that particular point. Uh, I, I was a radio DJ for a long period of time. So I had some visibility within, you know, the markets that that I was in. In fact, I did radio all across uh, uh, mid-Illinois from Springfield, Decatur, Champaign, and Danville, and Taylorville, and um, decided, you know, maybe I should do that. So I went ahead and got the uh, the web address, Doug Quick, to the chagrin of a lot of Doug Quicks out there. It's amazing how many Doug Quicks there are. <laughs> you guys ought to but, get together. Yeah, really, we ought to have a club meeting. Doug, you know this from, from your own experience working at stations throughout Central Illinois. There's just not enough history. I mean, we have the Internet, but when you go on and do a search... It leads me to your site. And I have heard from so many people who are descendants of a lot of the pioneer broadcasters from the 1950s, whether it be from the central Illinois markets to to even Peoria, St. Louis. Um, and, and I get, oh, gosh, emails probably, you know, two or three at least a week. You know, do you have footage of my parents dancing on the hop? Do you have, you know, it's like, no, I wish I did, but I don't. I think, you know, the 50s is when... It, in this area, in this right. state, it came right. on. But, you know, and you, you could talk to this point better than I can, but it strikes me that this was the pioneer era for, yeah. for these stations. Things were loose or, or tight or, or the, the, there's stories to be told there. And that's what makes oh, it so yeah. interesting. Uh, the, these folks that, you know, went on to somewhere else, got their start in these smaller stations. Mm. And uh, there's all kinds of stories out there. Well, when they advertised for help, they never had to say uh, experience necessary because no one had any experiences. And, and that's what makes it really interesting. Every TV station had a different way of doing things because there there was no there, there was no uh uh set formula for making a TV station work everybody had to kind of search it out on their own every general manager every engineer every every person involved in it had a much different way of doing things so so there was an operating culture that existed at all of these all all of these TV stations and they were all different every one of them right. so if someone would take a job at another TV station basically they'd have to learn another language because everything operated differently. And, and when we're talking about culture, too, one thing that I have found that every TV station had a culture uh, based on their positioning within the market. For instance, uh, if you were a top notch TV station that the previous owner had dumped a ton of money in, they had the best of everything and they had the largest uh, employee roster and they were doing everything correctly and they were a CBS affiliate or even an NBC affiliate. They had the best of everything and they developed a culture that exists. All the employees thought, well, you know, gee, we're, we're better than everybody else in the market. Well, that culture exists even today with, with some of these stations. We're the ones that were constantly beat up on all the time that just barely made it through, but they had a team develop sort of a third place mentality here, but they, they developed a culture as well. And it's quite amazing that that culture still exists. There are uh, all I these can, years I, later. I, yeah, yeah, I can see that within, you know, the central Illinois stations. If you if you went on the air back in 1953 with seemingly an unlimited uh, amount of capital, you, you're still on top. But some of the stations that went on the air with almost nothing, 
I mean, we're not even a shoestring, a half a shoestring. Uh, for example, WBLN Channel 15 in Bloomington. I mean, that was a hideously poor setup for a TV station over there. And it didn't last. It didn't last. They didn't have enough capital. We're talking with Doug Quick. When did Pictures on the Prairie, this is your book. Yes. When did, when did you get that out? You know, uh, it was out in 2018. I think 2018. Uh, and, and it took about 10 years to write because I knew from the research and my wife, uh, will tell you we, we forewent a lot of vacation time because I would take the week and visit libraries and go through, um, uh, microfilm and of newspapers trying to find information about the local TV stations. And it, it was rough going. I mean, there's, you know, we, uh, there, there's no indexing. You're just going through newspaper after newspaper and, and page after page and day after day and trying to anticipate perhaps seeing an ad, seeing a story about the TV station. And now when they went on the air, most of the newspapers did a pretty good job of of documenting that. Although there are some that had newspaper sections, ad sections that were targeted to the the actual going on the air of a of a TV station, but it's not microfilmed and it's gone for some reason and I don't know why, but they didn't include that when they copied it off, which was unfortunate. But there were some that, that did and I got listings of employees, some of the original employees that work there and uh, when it, whenever it was available uh, some stations didn't make it available uh, the Bloomington pantograph had a had a fairly uh, subdued welcome to Channel 15 when it went on the air the original Channel 15 back in the 50s in Bloomington normal <laughs> but 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 I at least they did something. And, yeah. and I did gather a few pictures there. And then there was a, a person that took pictures of businesses back in the late fifties. And he donated all of his pictures, uh, to the Bloomington from all of the business community in Bloomington normal. He donated them to another library within the Illinois State University. And I got permission to use some pictures there. Have you had people providing you material since oh, yes. with the website and the book yes. has been out? Yes, tons. Uh, I, I did have some, I did have some helpers over at uh, Channel 25 that sent me some information that they had dug up, some old newspaper clippings and that kind of thing. Nothing organized whatsoever. It was just a lot of fragmented information, but it was enough, you know, to, to help me out a bit with, uh, uh, when, when the station originally went on the air. So I utilized that. Uh, I, I've had uh, people within the broadcast station have been very cooperative. Uh, I had a woman in who was promotions director at uh, WAND Indicator, and she gave me a boatload of stuff. I had uh, Channel 3. They've shared virtually everything that they've had, and I send them back to their website as well. The book is Pictures on the Prairie. We love the, the website, love the book, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot, Steve.